your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. On today's show, we will be definitely discussing the Jacob McDonald suspension handed down by the NHL. Two-game suspension. Uh, We'll be talking about that. We will be talking about the possibility of Alex Newhook and Sampo Ranta making their AHL debuts this weekend. And we will hear from Coach Jared Bednar after... The Avs, 8-3 to three shellacking they took to the hands of the Minnesota Wild. It's good to hear from him on both ends. We don't want to hear just when things are going good. You have to hear when things are going bad as well. So we're going to do that. Today's show is brought to you by the iOS app Locker Room. And once again, we just had a Locker Room uh, room. <laughs> and that just ended. And now I'm recording this show. That was a blast. Uh, we had a lot of guys in the room, and I'm telling you, if you guys have an, an Apple device, download the Locker Room app, create an account, find the show, Locked on Avalanche, and Thursdays at 9.30 seem to be the time that we're doing this, uh, and it's just a great collection of Avs fans. They get on the show. They have a chat. Uh, it's a lot of fun, so download that. First things first, so follow the show outside of the Locker Room app on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche and send questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. And if one of the opinions or concerns you have are Jacob McDonald and his suspension, you would be right. Jacob McDonald with a high hit on Ryan Hartman of the Minnesota Wild. I'm not arguing the hit. I am arguing the punishment. The NHL has proven that they are not suspending this type of hit. And they did it not that long ago with Mr. Connor McDavid. And if you want to tell me what Jacob McDonald did to Ryan Hartman is worse than what Connor McDavid did, you're wrong. You're flat out wrong. And what... The NHL has said, I have the note here in front of me, McDonald delivered a high forceful hit to Hartman that picked his head, making it the main point of contact on a hit where such contact was avoidable. McDonald arriving on the back check delivers a high hit that cuts across the front of Hartman and picks his head. This is an illegal check to the head. While McDonald does not or does make some contact with Hartman's chest, McDonald's shoulder hits through Hartman's jaw, and it is the head that absorbs the brunt of the impact. Hartman does not change the position of his head or body in any way that contributes to the head being the main point of contact. If McDonald wants to deliver this check, he must take an angle of approach that hits through Hartman's shoulder and core rather than one that cuts across the front of his body and makes the head the main point of contact. All of that set, all that entire paragraph, you could replace McDonald with McDavid and it's the same exact hit. Are you kidding me, NHL? Are you kidding me? You're going to put that quote out and then not do anything to what Connor McDavid did? 
making it the main point of contact on a hit where such contact was avoidable. You're telling me what Connor McDavid hit Connor McDavid did was avoidable was not avoidable. I should say it's absolutely ridiculous. I could not believe my eyes when I saw the NHL had suspended Jacob McDonald for two games. One, because they set the precedent. They set the precedent that they are not suspending people. Maybe it's just they're not suspending the superstars. And for some people, that's okay. It's not for me. You should hold your superstars to a higher standard than what Connor McDavid did. And that's crap. And if you want to go even further, what happened not that long ago to our very own Bowen Byram? Keegan Colasar from the Vegas Golden Knights leaves his feet, launches into Bowen Byram. Bowen Byram gets hurt. There is no penalty called on the play, which, oh, by the way, there was no penalty called on Jacob McDonald. And the refs even got together after the hit and still didn't give him a penalty. But that's fine. You can go back after a game is over and check. If you want to go back and check, uh, even if the refs missed it, it should have been a penalty or should the guy should have got kicked out of the game, whatever the case may be. I don't have a problem with the NHL going back and reviewing a play like that, but they didn't do it to Keegan Colasar. There was no penalty called on him and they didn't go back and review that. And he left his feet and jumped into bone Byram's head. Nothing there, no hearing or anything, no hearing for Connor McDavid, but here's, you know, pocket change for a, uh, you know, a, a fine. It it's it's really embarrassing. It's it's so it, it reeks of favoritism, reeks of favoritism, and it's embarrassing. It's flat out embarrassing. Connor McDavid does have a small history of doing what he did and getting angry. I understand that he gets poked and prodded at all game long. He's you know, he's the grand poobah. Everybody's out for him. So I get it why he might, you know, flip a switch every once in a while. Doesn't excuse him. He's had a history of doing this and he's been suspended in the past for doing it. This is Jacob McDonald's first season. And this is the first time he's done anything remotely close to that kind of hit. And they're throwing two games at him. NHL has some explaining to do. We're not going to get any of it, but uh, they are incredibly inconsistent with their fines, their suspensions, and how they handle player safety. Vastly inconsistent. And it's sad. And I feel bad for Jacob McDonald. Um, I do. I, I feel I feel bad for him. I feel bad for Hartman for getting hit. You know, I don't want anybody to get hurt. But this is on the NHL. The NHL is, um, they're in charge of this. At least they're supposed to be. And you have, you have ruled in two separate cases where it's basically the same thing. And you did two separate punishments, one for the superstar, one for the guy who's trying to make a name for himself. So that's how we're going to start the show today. Um, so why don't we move on from that? So the Avalanche are 
not going to have Jacob McDonald for the next two games. Uh, will, I mean, th- I know Sampo Ranta and Alex Newhook don't play defense, but they might be in a Colorado Eagles uniform relatively soon. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But first, we're going to hear from betonline.ag and then hear from Coach Bednar. So betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Sports seasons start and end like football and college basketball, but NBA is here, NHL is here, Major League Baseball is here, and so many others that you can bet on, including award shows, television shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device, and when you sign up, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And by the way, that promo code to get your 50% welcome bonus is locked on. All right, so... Coach Bender has some pretty good things to say in his press conference after the wild game. And I really wanted to hear what he was going to say about the mysterious bench penalty that the avalanche got, uh, basically getting a penalty for the refs, not doing their job, which is to bring the guys that went to the bench during an icing back out. And you'll hear it from coach Bednar. He says there was no warning given. Uh, the interesting part that he says is, you know, the other coach was complaining about it. Uh, so maybe a nice Homer call for the Minnesota wild, but nonetheless, the Avs got a penalty, which almost never gets called. So I was kind of interested to see what he had to say about that and other things, uh, following the Avs worst loss of the season. So let's hear what he has to say and then talk about it on the other end. Jared, I know this is probably one you want to just learn from and move on. Um, But in your opinion, when you look at your team's game tonight, how much of it was a lack of discipline? How much of it was turnovers? And how much of it was just not having legs for you guys? Or was it kind of just a combination of of all of those things? Yeah, I think it was a a combination of all. I think that they, if I had to summarize the game, I'd say this. They were the more hungry team. They came out in the first period again at a, at a pace and intensity that, that, that we didn't match. Um, and we dug ourselves a hole and that was, you know, partly discipline, partly turnovers. We didn't manage a puck. Well, we weren't skating well, but they won every race and every touch uh, in the first period face-offs the whole. So they had the puck, the bulk of the period. Um, I thought that we did respond again at the beginning of the second and we started to generate the chances we needed to get back in the hockey game and then the lack of discipline and sort of frustration um, when we're when we're creeping back in the game just wasn't there we made you know two mistakes in the in in the second period that I can think of and both led to goals it was it was a turnover uh, on a breakout and and it was an an undisciplined penalty and then um, that kind of solidified them where they needed to be in that period instead of us coming all the way back into it 
um, you know, we, we let it slip away and, and got, we got worse with our discipline as the game went on. And, and there was signs of, um, not an indictment on our team in the whole year, but we just, we just kind of played the game selfishly from there on out. And, uh, it's something that w- we just briefly talked about. And again, our, I'm, I'm really proud of the way our teams played and, and, and the way we've responded at different times during the year, the way we've been able to sustain a high level of play. And tonight was definitely not, um, it was, it was uncharacteristic of our group. I'll say that. And, uh, it was disappointing, but, uh, at some point this had to come to an end. And, and, um, I, I don't, I don't like losing number one. And I, and I, and I don't like the way we lost tonight. So we, we have to sort of, uh, take a look in the mirror, um, from myself all the way through our lineup and it just wasn't wasn't good enough and, and we have to come out and and learn from that and not make that mistake again like chambers denver post jared like you said is it fair to say that uh a lot of your problems ended were started with the d zone exits and the turnovers there especially on taves there in the second period i mean it seemed like those those guys he and Gerard and McCarr have been so good all year, but they seem like all three of them might have had a, a tough night here tonight. Uh, you know what? Our whole team had a tough night. I, I don't. I'm not gonna uh, single out any one player, one line. It, it wasn't good enough throughout throughout our lineup, and and I kind of just gave that summary. Um, turnovers and mistakes are are part of the game it's it's uh when we're sharp we we don't make a lot of them and uh sometimes um when we get a little too cute in our game or or we're not fully uh uh, playing to the level that, that we should be from a preparation and intensity standpoint we tend to make more of them um so tonight i mean if you look at our goals they're 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 it's lack of discipline and it was turnovers. There's no question. So, but that's just a, a product of, of, of not being ready to go to the level that we needed to tonight and, and give them any credit. They, they played a great game. Um, again, I thought we were getting back into it in the second period. I think we made it four two and uh, created another turnover off them. And, and the Donskoy walked right in the slot and, and Talbot came up with a, with a big save and that game could have been easily four three and, and us cooking for, I think still 10, 11 minutes of the second. And then we followed uh, that save up with taking another penalty and the turnover by Taves was big, no question, but um, we, we just weren't good enough from, from start to finish. You got to play a 60 minute hockey game and we'll learn from that. We'll move on. Eric Dean, Mile High Sports. Jared, the bench minor you guys were called for in the first period for uh, delaying the game for attempting a line change on an icing or however they worded it. Number one, have you ever seen that penalty called before? And number two, can you just kind of explain what happened there and what you saw from your side and, and you know, if there was any communication between yourself and the refs leading up to that call? So not, not leading up to the call. I didn't, I didn't like the call for a couple of reasons. And, and because when the puck's going down for icing as a coach of the team, I'm still watching the play. We're, we've already sent the line. Um, I, I, I thought – 
in my mind that we had one player to the bench and Max standing right by the door. So that would put two guys on the ice. I didn't catch the third guy was not there. And normally when, when the puck's going for icing like that, they single uh, signal the icing. One of the linesmen is always like coming to the bench saying he's back out. This guy's back out. He's good. You know, they're kind of uh, helping and coaching you through that to make sure you're not cheating on those situations. And no linesman said anything. And then uh, Tyson Jost had said the one linesman grabbed him and told him to stay on the ice. He was changing from McKinnon, who was right at our door. And although he wasn't in the bench, I thought he was good. Um, and I was pretty sure we had another guy off. And that may or may not be the case, but we never got any indication that that we had illegal guys on the on the thing. He Their coach complained and the uh, Steve came by and just basically rung us up for a bench minor and they scored on it. So I had never seen it called. I, I didn't love the way it was handled. Even if, if it was a minor penalty, so be it. But um, normally they're giving you a warning or, or calling a guy out on the bench and, and hustling them out there to make sure that they're out for the faceoff. And that wasn't the case in, uh, tonight on, on that call at all. Last one here for Jared. Peter Baugh, The Athletic. Yeah, Jared, Gruby's obviously been outstanding for you guys this year, but in the last two games, he's given up 11 goals. Are there are there any things you can identify, I guess, that have, have gone wrong for, for him these past two games? And did you consider, I guess, pulling him earlier than you did at any point? I considered it. Um... But I just had a, I had a feeling about our team, and and I think that our team um, and Gruby have they've with what we've just recently accomplished as a group and the way we've played and battled back in certain scenarios, including the other night, the second period here, many I, I felt like our team ha- had earned the right to 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 battle this one out together, and um, uh, you know we we've played as a team real hard and committed defensively in, fr- in front of Gruby and Gruby's played exceptional and, and hard and committed you know, behind our team. So I wanted them to go through it together. Um, and I thought, like I said, about the second period, I thought we were gaining some traction there and there was a chance that we were coming back in that hockey game. As the game went on and, and it kind of went out of reach, I thought it was important to uh, get Jonas in the net. It's not, again, that's not an indictment on Gruby. He, he's he's grouped in with the, with the rest of our team tonight and, and the way we played. Um, but I th- I did think it was important that if even if it was 10, 11, 12 minutes um, at that point in the game to get Jonas some uh, game action in front of our team, I, I felt like it was it was important uh, for him. And you know we we got a busy schedule coming up, and he's bound to get the net and. Uh, I wanted him to get some game action, even though he'd been sitting there for a while. All right. So quickly before uh, some comments on Jared Bednar, um, I just want to let you guys know we're doing a NHL live trade deadline show. So watch our live trade show, trade deadline show, Monday, April 12th at noon Eastern at Locked On Live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, or the Odyssey app. Uh, it's the only place to get in-the-moment reactions and analysis to the biggest NHL deadline moves from local experts covering the teams. Follow at Locked On Live today to watch the Locked On Live trade deadline show. And I believe it's going from noon to four or longer if possible. But I know it's going to be a uh, at least a four-hour show <clears throat> and uh, covering all of the trade stuff. So 
going to be fun. Also, uh, you know Built Bar. You know it. You love it. 18 amazing flavors. It's the greatest tasting protein bar on the market. Some of those flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, banana bread, mint brownie. The list goes on and on. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They are great for the health-conscious guy or girl. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bar. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great for the keto diet. Most bars have a makeup of 19 grams of protein, 180 calories. Some have less. 5 grams of sugar. Some have less than that. 5 grams of net carbs. Yes, some have less than that too. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off of your next order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so quickly, Jared Bednar, uh, I love his demeanor. Like, you wouldn't have known that the Avs got cremated in that game 8-3. to three. He has the same demeanor whether they get ran through the arena um, or they lose in overtime or they win. He's still that same stoic uh, type of coach. And that's what I genuinely like about him. He knows his team is good and he knows his team just had a bad day and he knows that they will come back strong because of it. Um, I like his, his comments about the, the bench penalty. He doesn't make sense to him. It doesn't really make sense to anybody. I can't figure out where the avalanche went wrong here outside of them, you know, not coming clean, which would, I mean, would any team really do that? If you got caught doing it, maybe it would, maybe you would say like, Oh, well maybe you would word it differently. Maybe you wouldn't say we, we snuck a guy out there. Maybe you would say it as like, uh, you know, he went out and he wasn't supposed to. Okay. But they're not even saying that they're saying it's confusing to me, but he, as you know, uh, most coaches will do gives a lot of credit to the wild. I do the same. The wild won that game. So it's time to really get over it and move on, uh, to this next series against Anaheim. Every point is important. Um, you know, Anaheim is struggling obviously. So maybe it's a good, uh, rebound for the avalanche to get the team that they really should run over. Um, and, you know, maybe we're going to feel bad for Anaheim for standing in the way of a team that just got ran over themselves. <clears throat> we shall see. Because uh, McDonald is not going to be playing for a couple games, I don't know what the the lines are going to be, obviously, because as I'm recording this, it just happened a couple hours ago. Um, and obviously Sample Ranta and Alex Newhook are not defenders, so they were not going to pull them up. Even if they were, they wouldn't pull them up to the NHL that quick, but the word on the street is they could be playing for the Colorado Eagles this weekend. So, um, we will definitely keep an ear out for that. Seems like it could happen. It seems like Ranta is almost a definite as much as a definite as, as it could be, uh, Alex Newhook, it's a possibility. I think there's something going on with either like customs or something like that, that he has to get through. Maybe he went home after his college career was over. I thought he was going right to Denver, but um, there's still a possibility that uh, both could play, but I think definitely Ranta will. And 
we'll see. That will be exciting. So, um, and on the trade front, again, uh, hearing a lot that the Avalanche are involved with uh, a lot of talks. And that's all it is right now is talks. And with Joe Sackick, everything comes down to what do you want? That's every trade, clearly. Uh, but the, and I was during our locker room chat, I was throwing out the idea that, and I've said it before in the show, it might be tough for the abs to make some deals because they don't really have, you know, they're thin on draft picks for this next upcoming draft. And Kyle Sullivan, you know, Kyle threw out there. Is that such a bad thing? If you're going to get rid of most of your draft picks for this year, do the abs genuinely need them? And in a way he's right. He, he, the Avs have been stockpiling picks. They've had extra picks thanks to some really good moves that Joe Sackick has made. So maybe he plays the other side of that. It says, like, I've been stockpiling players for a few years now. I don't need every single pick in the draft. And that's a very real possibility. I don't think they want to give up the number their first round pick. That's something that you always want to hang on to. And I don't think there's anybody in the wheelhouse that the Avalanche are looking at right now that would warrant a number one pick. But they have a three, five, and a seven. Maybe those go. And with the the Devils showing that they will take a draft pick for next year, that helped the Avalanche because now other teams might be more willing to do that. And you know, maybe they throw in a third for next year or something like that. Who knows? But the doors open for deals. The Avalanche are involved in talks, from what I'm hearing. We just don't know if a deal is going to get made for them. I think a backup goalie deal will get made. I think that's uh, the glaring issue that Joe Sackett wants to address, and I think that is going to happen. Other than that, I think he's going to play his normal, I'm happy with what I have. If I can improve this team, I'll do it, but I am not going to sacrifice the future. So I'm leaning towards it being a quiet trade deadline for the Avalanche. Not to say they won't make moves, but I don't think the splash is coming. And that's normal for Avs fans. doesn't really happen all the time, so we shall see. That's going to be it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today and this week and every day. It's always appreciated. Uh, enjoy the series against Anaheim. We'll be talking about it on Monday. And if there are any deals, we'll be talking about those too. So enjoy the weekend. Stay safe. Thank you for tuning in. Here's Joey. Go, abs, go!